Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview elite entrepreneurs and I thank you for joining us. The show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality. Today, we're going to discuss leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris. And just before we bring him on, I want to let you know that you can listen to the Tony D'Urso shows ad-free and get bonus features on most new shows. Now, this is additional content not available in the free version, and it's for members only. You can also get copies of my new books at no extra charge. Best of all, you get to ask me anything about marketing, branding, promotion, as well as about starting and growing a podcast, which seems to be a really hot item right now. Yes, you can listen ad-free, get additional content for members only, and join in on a forum to ask me anything. How cool is that? Join the fun at TonyDurso.com slash member. That's TonyDurso.com slash member. I'll see you there. And also, guys, if you know anyone whom you believe would be helped by this interview, would you please share? Thank you kindly. Today, we're going to talk about leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris. Let's see what we can learn today. And at the end of this interview, I'm going to give you a summary recap of what we went over. So stay tuned for that. Daniel Burris is considered one of the world's leading futurist speakers on global trends and disruptive innovations. The New York Times has referred to him as one of the top three business gurus in the highest demand as a speaker. Here we go. Hi, Daniel. Welcome once again to the Tony D'Urso Show. So good to have you on with us. Hey, it's great to be back. Thank you. Daniel, we've done some great interviews in the past, and it's always been very informative to have you. And now with the events of last year, which we're going to go into for all the audience members, we're going to talk about the anticipatory leveraging of this and how we're going to actually leverage the future facts. And just to introduce you to the audience and like, who are you and what are you about, Daniel? Let's kind of open you up to the audience. Tell us, how did it all start for you? What is your backstory? Well, you know, I'm going to make it kind of quick for you, but uh, I have uh, I started out teaching biology and physics, and I'm only mentioning that so that you know there's a teacher in me. And as a matter of fact, I think the two most important moments in a human's life is the day you're born and the day you find out why you were born. And I was fortunate long ago to find out that I was put on the planet to teach. So I know why I'm here. So rather than just tell and give you some uh, you know, facts and figures, I'm going to teach our audience today some things that I think that, that can uh, help them. So uh, I started out teaching, and I also mention that because I want you to know everything that I'm going to be sharing is based on research and evidence and uh, testing to make sure that I'm not giving you theories that may or may not work, but giving you things that I know work. So I taught for a number of years. I ended up uh, starting six companies uh, in a different variety of fields. The first one was in aviation. I had my own airplane design. I was actually a test pilot for that one. Ended up with 37 national locations in the first 12 months. It was profitable in the first 12 months. All of the businesses were doing new and innovative things. Uh, so out of the six, five were profitable in the first year, very unusual for an entrepreneur. 
and four were national leaders in the United States in their first year. Very unusual for an entrepreneur. And for uh, my core business, I've been uh, I've been doing for oh my goodness, 37 years now. I can't believe how time flies. And what I I've done is I've come up with a way of predicting the future and being right. And I'm going to teach everyone how to do that in here. Now, when I say that, here's what I want to say. How do I predict the future and be right? Well, Tony, I leave out the parts I can be wrong about. <laughs> but see, what's interesting is how much I and when I'm done with this con- this meeting, how much we can be right. And so I've come up with the methodology. It was based on uh, research I did back in the early 80s and uh, came up with a way, again, of separating the wheat from the chaff, those things that we do know from those things that might happen. And I've been, uh, I've since, in that time period, given over 3,000 keynote speeches. Uh, last time I was in Beijing, I was uh, 14,000 people from uh, 14 different countries, so good-sized audiences. I am a strategic advisor to the Pentagon, as well as uh, big companies like the Googles and others helping them to determine uh, using my methodologies, strategies for uh, accelerating growth. I've developed uh, learning systems around how to anticipate rather than react. I uh, might talk about that a little bit more. I've written, written seven books that have been New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestsellers or in many languages. So uh, again, what is at the core of all of that? I am a teacher and I love to empower people. So I'm going to just stop right there and let you ask me some questions. Daniel, that is, of course, very phenomenal on your growth, your statistics. You've been involved in multiple categories of businesses, all types of industries. You've done so well. You are a serious success story just in that. And you've gone on because of your knowledge, your experience, which I think is really the key when I bring on a guest. It's their experience is what we really learn from. It's hands-on, and you've done it so much. I, I'm so impressed. Let me interrupt you, Tony, because you used a word that I, I don't want to pass over. All right? It was a very important word. And you said, my success. Let me talk about success for a minute. Because uh, I think that's, I mean, we're entrepreneurs listening to this. We're uh, small business owners listening to this. And when I was giving a commencement speech, uh, before, uh, in 2019, before we got locked down, that there were, you know, all these graduates at a big major university, University of Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, all the parents are in there. And I started up by saying, I don't want you to focus on being successful and living a successful life. Now, at first, I bet everyone thought, oh no, where is he going from here? But what I said was this. And that is success is all about you. It's all about uh, all of the trophies and plaques and awards and degrees and how much money you make and what your position is in your organization and your growth curves. It's all about you. That's what success is. What I'd like you to do instead of focusing on living a successful life and having a successful business or having a successful career is I would like you to live a significant life. Because unlike success, significance is about what you do for others. And if you elevate your personal significance, your business significance as an employee or an employer, if you elevate your significance every year, 
you'll find yourself being far more successful. So instead of chasing significance, I would like us all to look at how can we, uh, what's the impact we have on others and how can we elevate that? So I might have us ask ourselves rhetorically right now, what's the difference between a successful parent and a significant one? What's the difference between a successful brother and a significant one? What's the difference between a successful business person versus a, a significant one? You see where I'm going? I absolutely love it. Okay, that's it. I take off the hat of wanting or trying or being successful or being more successful from now on. I, I love it. I'm sold. I want to be more significant. This is, it's actually makes you it, it, inherent in that word, Daniel. You want to keep doing better and keep reaching out. Exactly. And actually, I think in your podcast, uh, you've actually found a way to do that because now I haven't gone into all of your life and background, but I know you weren't a podcaster your entire life. And what I would suggest right now is by you bringing on guests uh, like myself and others and creating an audience and then providing things and knowledge for them that can help them, you are in reality uh, elevating your significance as you continue to grow your audience and bring in good guests. So I, I believe you're already on target for that. Thank you, Daniel. And just off the cuff, I'm going to coin a new word. Instead of being an influencer, I'm going to be a significator. <laughs> if I'm saying that right. <laughs> well, you know, there's another word. Now we're getting kind of hung up on words. <laughs> you can tell me, but eventually we want to do the interview. <laughs> Yeah, well, we are already well into this interview. And here's here's the thing that's important, and that is influence. So I, because I have, uh, I'm coming up on 1.3 million followers on LinkedIn, and I have some other really big groups, uh, people have, uh, a question came up, and that is, uh, uh, so you're a uh, an influencer, and because you have all those followers, and I would say no. Because there's a difference between a lot of followers and a lot of people that you are influencing. So I would say if your focus is on, I'm going to link the two concepts. If your focus is on success, you're bragging about how many followers you have. If you're looking at what you can do in empowering those people that are following you to do things they didn't know was possible. Uh, now you're an influencer. Now you're doing something significant. So now I've kind of connected the dots there. Couldn't help myself. Sorry, future and me, it keeps coming out. Molto bene. We love it. The audience is eating this up. And before I go into a couple of questions, and I'm going to explain to the audience what the questions are going to be about, I just want to understand, and we'd like to always, we always like to know what is the purpose behind our guests who are so significant, are such great influencers, who've done so much. What is this purpose, this overriding, you know, motivation? Why do you do what you do, Daniel? Well, thank you. That's really important. And I do actually uh, know that. I'm very crystal clear about that. And I want to get uh, as many people on the planet Earth as possible to not just be reactionary to those, to those incoming things, but to be anticipatory, to anticipate problems before you have them, so you can pre-solve them. I mean, how many of us have said, well, I knew that was going to happen. Well, hey, why'd you let it? And uh, so I would let, and, and by the way, we've got more and more problems. Well, 
we're going to be overwhelmed with these problems unless we start solving them before they happen. I want us to learn to anticipate change and disruption before it disrupts, because then we can turn disruption into a choice, because you're either going to be more or less relevant going forward. There's no middle. You're either going to be the disruptor or the disrupted. There is no middle. And people would say, well, I'm kind of coasting in the middle. And I would say, well, you know, you can only coast downhill and there is a bottom. So you're only going one direction or the other. So I want us uh, the third element so that the key element here is to be anticipatory versus just reactionary. And related to that, I want us to actively shape the future rather than passively receive it. Now, what I mean by that, Tony, is a lot of us are have a wait and see attitude. Well, let's see what's going to happen now that we're in 2021. Now that that horrible 2020 is behind us, let's kind of see how things open up. Let's wait and see how the stock market does. Let's wait and see how the new president does. Let's wait and see. And you can wait yourself right out of business. So rather than waiting for the future to come and reacting to it, I would like you to actively shape a better future for your family, for yourself. I would like you to actively shape a better future for your business and your employees. And there are some ways of doing that when you learn how to be anticipatory. We're talking about leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris, and you can find him at Burris.com. I'll spell that B-U-R-R-U-S.com. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey guys, I found something really great. It's called Vidyard, V-I-D. Y-A-R-D. It's an easy-to-use yet really powerful video solution that makes it simple, and I mean simple, to create videos, host them ad-free, share them with others, and track their performance. Whether you're recording a video for one person or you're sharing it with the world on your website, it is so easy to manage your video content with Vidyard. This solution is built for business with robust analytics, integrations with top enterprise tools, and customization options that answer businesses' unique needs. Check this out. Email isn't dead, but sometimes it sure is boring. Well, you can use Vidyard to record and send videos to connect with prospects, convert opportunities, and close deals. Put a face to your name with video. Record your face, your screen, or both for prospecting videos, follow-ups, product demos, and more. And you know, when I get an email with a video, I watch it. I may not read all the other emails, but when that video comes on, it grabs my attention. You can upload or create videos and you can embed them into email campaigns, landing pages, and blog posts to generate and engage more sales-ready leads. And use interactive video elements and video personalization to boost viewer engagement, accelerate the buyer journey, and convert viewers into pipeline. You can record your screen, webcam, or both. From product demos to customer testimonials to live streamed Q&As, anyone can create their own videos in just a few clicks and use video analytics to measure 
how each video impacts revenue and how they perform across your website, email marketing, prospecting campaigns, and more, all from one central dashboard. You got to check it out, guys. Sign up for Vidyard free today by going to vidyard.com slash Tony. And just like you guys, the team at Vidyard can't keep up with all these promo codes on podcasts, so they're making signing up as easy as possible. So no promo code needed. Just go to vidyard.com slash Tony to start using Vidyard completely free and as a bonus, get their 2021 B2B Video Trends Guide. Yes, I said you can use it completely free. That's V-I-D-Y-A-R-D dot com slash Tony. All right, guys, check it out. Go to vidyard.com slash Tony and tell me how you like it. listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Erso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Leveraging Future Facts with Daniel Burris. And at the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Daniel is a strategic advisor to executives from Fortune 500 companies, helping them to develop game-changing strategies based on his proven methodologies for capitalizing on technology innovations and their future impact. All right, and now back to the chat with Daniel. And for our audience, there is an article written by Daniel called Anticipatory leaders leverage future facts. It is extremely significant for you if you have a job, if you have a business, if you run a business, if you're thinking of doing a startup, if you do a startup, if you have a job and you're thinking of doing something else. Basically, if you live and breathe and eat anywhere here on earth, (laughs) you, you really want to read this because it really gives you, and I'm not going to steal this thunder, but it gives you so much. I'm going to talk a lot about this one article because there's so much in it. And so if you want to read the whole article, there you go. Go to Burris.com. You'll find it or just look it up. I gave you the exact title. And we're going to start here kind of, I'm going to kind of pick things apart and try to put this in, in an order. Let's set the stage for the rest of this interview with one of the most disruptive occurrences in modern history. That is the events of 2020. What can you tell us about that, please? Well, uh, first of all, a lot of people would say it's a black swan event. Now, for those who are not familiar with the phrase black swan, it's something that comes out of nowhere and uh, you couldn't have prepared for it. Uh, But black swan events never really come out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere for people that were looking nowhere. There are ways of seeing black swans before they're causing problems. Let me use that metaphor of a black swan. Imagine yourself right now, if you would, standing at the shore of a, of a big lake. All right, there's a big lake. And there's a bunch of beautiful white swans swimming by. And you're looking at those white swans. And way on the other shore, way outside in the distance, there are some other white swans. But there's also a black swan over there. And that black swan is swimming right towards you. But you're not looking way out on the horizon. What you're doing is you're looking at all those cute little black swans all right next to you and maybe feeding them a little something. Um, But that black swan's heading towards you, and predictably, it's going to get closer. 
and closer and closer until finally it's within your field of view. And it's like, holy cow, there's a black swan. By the way, that's called March of 2020. But as I mentioned, I am a strategic advisor to the Joint Chiefs and the Pentagon and so on. And uh, we already knew that, uh, for example, January 1, there was a problem, a big problem in China with the virus because, and by the way, how did we know? Satellites. And what were the satellites doing? They were noticing because they can sense what's going on. They could see all of the smoke in the air and the big city and the big cities like Wuhan and the others that was coming from cremations. In other words, wow, there's a lot of people that are getting cremated. Lots of them. Something's going on. Plus, you can zoom in and see a car. You can see what's going You can see, actually see what's happening. So even without Beijing making a phone call and saying, hey, we got a problem, we already know there's a problem. And we also knew it was airborne. And if you were listening to uh, one of the uh, webinars that I did in uh, the beginning of March, I was talking about it's airborne and we know that uh, the virus will double every three to five days. Every three to five days of doubling, two becomes four becomes eight, it's geometric. But uh, we haven't talked about this yet, Tony. Um, I'm going to be introducing the concept of hard trends based on future facts that will happen versus soft trends based on assumptions that might happen. Now we're gonna come back on that, but let me say to not break my little strain here of what I'm trying to share, that it's a, uh, we know as a fact that an airborne buyer virus like this multiplies every three to five days, it doubles. However, it's spread at doubling, two becomes four becomes eight, is a soft trend. It's not a future fact, why? Because we've known from day one from an outbreak, because a pandemic is a global version of a local outbreak. When something happens locally, we call it an outbreak. Uh, when it happens on a global level, we call it a pandemic. Because now we've got a global outbreak. And we all know how to deal with outbreaks. I mean, you know, you wash your hands, you wear a mask, you contain it. You have to contain it. We've known that all the way along. So um, so the soft trend is, hey, we could make it less or not. There are things that we can do to contain this. So uh, what I'm getting at is um, we knew already because SARS, and by the way, this virus is a form of SARS. SARS has been out before this, not just in the coronavirus form, but in some other coronaviruses. And... Um, and we already know, again, uh, it didn't get to the U.S. But many of us have experienced seeing Asians in airports wearing a mask two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. Have you ever wondered why Asians wear masks and we don't? And the answer is the outbreaks never got to the U.S. But they had them and they learned. And they've, they've learned to do that. What's happened is now we've all learned that, uh, you know, that things can happen and masks can come in handy. Anyway, I don't want to get into a big mask thing with you here, but what I am getting into is that uh, black swans, you can usually see them if you're looking up. So what I'm trying to get people to do, and that's part of what you asked me earlier, and that is not to just look at the shore, at the beautiful little swans that are at your feet, but every now and then to look up. And to look out, you'll be amazed at what you can see heading your way. The events of 2020 
we knew something was coming around January, February. We, we suspected something serious. It, the writing was on the wall. It was almost a no-brainer. We knew something. We just didn't know how severe it was. By the time March hit, it was like, OMG. It was like crazy. And we didn't expect that sort of an impact. We knew it was coming, but we didn't expect this. To be locked down like we were. We didn't expect that. It, it was, that was the surprise of how sudden, how swift, world over, over, not quite overnight, but figuratively, just boom, the whole world's locked down. Now, that was a major event, and a lot of businesses went under. A lot of businesses, on the other hand, took advantage of it. So many millionaires were made. So many successful businesses were made. I want to use the word recession-proof, uh, pandemic-proof, perhaps, businesses who survived well. And I want to kind of compare that a little bit in terms of its, its extent and how strong. And, you know, if it, was on the, if it was on the Richter scale, you know, it was like a nine-pointer in terms of the devastation it did. Not too long ago, you know, 10 years or so, we had a great recession with, with the housing market collapse. And I like to compare that because we kind of saw that and that also had a ripple effect, but not as great. And I want to compare that and go into the hard and soft trends and educate us on on the differences. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Well, first of all, as some of us might remember the tech bubble blow up around 2000, and uh, that was caused by technology. Uh, We also had a uh, a mild recession after 9-11 because, again, we kind of shut things down a bit for a little while there. Not very long, but we did. And then we had, of course, as you mentioned, uh, 2008, 2009, uh, that big recession. But that, again, was not every sector. And it was something that uh, dealt with several, one or more industries, banking, real estate, member foreclosures all over the place, and so on. This is unusual in that it is global. And by the way, the last recession in uh, that early time, that was global as well. But this one was caused by an, a disease that we knew nothing about because this is a jump from an animal to a person and it is airborne. And not all diseases, by the way, that do that are airborne. Uh, but this one is, which means travels fast. And um, uh, so we were all forced to change. And one of the reasons we locked down so strong in March and April is the doctors and the scientists we didn't have enough. We didn't know about this disease yet. It's a brand new disease. We didn't even know what the heck it is. So we had to find out. We didn't even know how to treat it. Like right now, we're treating it different than we were in March. Well, yeah, we've had time to learn more about this thing called this disease. Uh, of course, we didn't have vaccines either. And, and we now know treatments. But back then, we knew nothing. So we really locked down. And we saw where people were dying in Italy and other places where we had big death tolls. So there's a plus and a minus to everything. In other words, when something bad happens to you, good to look over your shoulder and see what good happened because something good just happened. By the way, when something good happens, I like to look over my shoulder and see what bad just happened because it works both ways. So as businesses were closing down, I started doing these open webinars, which I still do. And if you go to Burris webinar, Burris.com, you can register another one. I call them open because I do them once a month and you have to pay for them. You can just come in and I just give you ideas. So in that early March, let me give you an example of changing how people think, which is what being anticipatory and what I teach in my books. 
I had a, a large number of CEOs uh, that were from uh, convenience stores, you know, like the 7-Elevens and so on. Remember, this is March when people weren't driving. The streets were empty. If you can remember back, people weren't going anywhere. It was eerie. It was eerie. The streets were empty. I mean, you know, empty. So that all the convenience store people, the CEO said, look, uh, nobody's coming in for gas. Nobody's buying anything. My sales are down 98%. I'm going to have to lay off all my people. I'm going to have to close down. And I said to them, oh, no, you got to be hiring people. And I said, what do you mean you got to be hiring people? And I said, well, uh, first of all, instead of being a convenience store, maybe you should become a necessity store. And instead of relying on people coming to you, which is how you made all your money in the past, now maybe we need to take our stuff to them. And how are you going to take your stuff to them? Your convenience store, you got no vehicles, you got no drivers. Well, it just so happens there's a lot of Uber and Lyft drivers that aren't taking people to bars and restaurants and are wondering what they can do. And they'd rather not be hauling people because they don't want to get sick, but they would haul supplies. So maybe we should get them to haul our stuff. And instead of having just customers that will drive to us and missing everyone else, now because we're going to them, we can build our customer base. And maybe we change our product mix a little bit and have a little less tobacco and have a little more extra strength Tylenol and maybe some good food. Well, anyway, I had a number of them that made that pivot, made that shift. One of them, one of the big national stores within a month, hired an additional 21,000 people instead of laying off their existing people. I'm just telling you, they thought, oh, we got to close down. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, how many subscription services are you paying for each month? Do you know? Subscriptions add up and sometimes we don't notice the monthly deductions from our bank accounts. I recently checked and I couldn't believe there were over a dozen. So many I had forgotten about. You know, 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. And I am one of them. How about you? So I ask you the question. What are you doing to save money and take control of your finances? How do you keep track of your bill payments and budgets? Clunky Excel spreadsheets? Been there, done that. Scattered post-it notes? I don't do that anymore. You know, the new year is the perfect time to take stock of your finances. Take a look at your spending habits and see where you can start saving. Truebill, T-R-U-E-B-I-L-L. It's the smartest way to manage your finances. It's an easy-to-use app. You can review your recurring charges in one place. I love that. Cancel subscriptions directly through the app. You get a variety of tools to help customers improve their finances. You can create a monthly budget and expenses. You can track, evaluate savings goals. You get automated savings. In other words, you can choose how much to put away weekly. And the list just goes on. Just This is so cool. You get push notifications when you're getting close to or going over your budget. Or when your cash is running low. And you know, you can easily identify fraudulent activity. You receive full credit reports with explanations of current situation and suggestions for improvement. The app offers multiple ways to save on your bills. And you work with many of the nation's top providers to negotiate and lower your bills, including 
AT&T, T-Mobile, Spectrum. We all need this. There's bank-level security, and you can feel good about your finances. For some of us, that's really very needed. You know, people think that they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but they actually spend closer to about $200 a month. Truebill has saved its users more than $50 million. That's astounding, over $50 million, and they have over $1 million users. Read their rave reviews at Truebill.com. Here we go. The average person saves $720 per year with Truebill. Get started today at Truebill.com slash Tony. Take control of your finances and start saving at Truebill.com slash Tony. That's Truebill.com slash Tony. And I'll spell that for you. T-R-U-E-B-I-L-L dot com slash T-O-N-Y. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how you like it. Truebill.com slash Tony. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Erso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Leveraging Future Facts with Daniel Burris. And at the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Daniel is the author of seven books, including the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Flash Foresight, as well as the international bestseller, Technotrends. And now back to the chat with Daniel. Let me give you one more quick example because... I am addressing something important for everyone listening right now. Your biggest barrier, your biggest block to your success can be found by looking in the mirror in the morning, period. Only in the morning? Well, anytime you look in the mirror. Yeah, good, good point. But it's us. We're the only limitation. So I had another call that came in right after those guys. And uh, the caller that came in owned eight um, dry cleaning companies in LA. So we had eight locations in LA. And he said, we're almost closed. Nobody's getting their suits done. Nobody's getting their dresses done. Nobody's going to the office. Holy cow, we're going to have to shut down. And I bet you could guess what I told him. You got to be hiring people. What do you mean I got to shut down? I said, look, the people, your current customer base, you've been milking for years and they bring their stuff into you and they aren't using you anymore. Time to be thinking about your new cash cows. Who are the people that need you that have never used you before? And I said, well, let's just take a look at who's making money. Because for the people that aren't making money, somebody is. And guess who is? Grocery stores, drug stores. They were booming. Remember, you couldn't even get toilet paper or anything. I mean, man, everything was, they, were, they were selling out all the time. They were making money. What was the biggest problem of a grocery store and a drug store? keeping their employees from getting sick and making sure they feel safe. So what's the problem? Well, they're worried about when they go back home, they're going to get their kids sick. What if the people that are making a lot more money, those grocery store owners, drugstore owners, gave them clean clothes that were dry clean every night because they worked out a deal with a local dry cleaner? What if we gave them masks that the dry cleaner is making? Because they actually they got sewing machines. What else do we got? Well, you know, how often does a first responder, a policeman, 
or someone driving an ambulance get their uniform clean. By the way, that's every two weeks, you know, sometimes once a week if they're lucky. Yeah, that should be every day. Uh, maybe there's a way to work a deal with it. Anyway, make a long story short, they're booming. Tons of it. So part of what I teach in my learning system, my anticipatory leader learning system, is to think like this, to, to expand our thinking and to realize there's more than one way to do things and there are some principles that we can employ. So instead of all of those businesses that did shut down like restaurants, um, they didn't have to. They could have gone virtual and by, deli- by doing home delivery, uh, which of course now they're doing, but the idea of, look, people aren't coming to you, but you could go to them and, uh, and make sure you carry your experience. For example, if you're a high-end restaurant and people expect a high-end experience, you don't want to have them get a, uh, something delivered to their house in a paper bag. It should look and feel like the experience that would have had being with you when that restaurant reopens and we like we are doing in 2021 and as we get more vaccines and as those high-end restaurants start filling their people in and not having to put every other seat but fill those seats guess what they're going to have a big market of people that also want things brought to their home with that high-end experience in other words we're talking growth so it's all about instead of woe is me thinking different and bigger about what you can do those are such brilliant points daniel Let's talk about hard future trends, effects, and the soft, uh, the soft trend and the hard trend, and kind of and go into your anticipatory planning method and kind of educate. There's things that we know for sure are going to happen, and there's things that we think are going to happen. And how do we deal with all this? Yeah, you know, I, I can't tell you how many uh, uh, CEOs of Fortune 50 companies that I've met with have uh, have come up to me and uh, knowing that I'm a forecaster futurist and said, well, you know, of course, no one can predict the future and be right. I can't tell you how many times that's been said to me. And I would say, well, let's see, it's spring. What's next? And in March of, of uh, 2040, in March, can an astronomer tell you the exact moment we're going to have a full moon? And the stock market, when it's going down, will it go down to zero? No, it'll go back up again. By the way, will it go up, up, up endlessly? No, it'll go down again. By the way, those are called cycles. There are business cycles, weather cycles, biological cycles, even sales cycles that are quite predictable. If you're in the accounting field, do you know when you're going to be really busy? What time of the year? Yeah, you know when you're doing taxes. So my point is there's more predictability than you think. Now, what I just mentioned, Tony, is um, cycles. And economists use cycles to predict the future, but as we all know, economists have been really wrong lately, way before COVID. And that's because there's another kind of change, and it used to be slow, but now it's super fast. I call it linear slash exponential change. And linear meaning it's one way, not a cycle. We're not going back. Once you got a smartphone, you're not going back to a dumb phone. Once the people in China park their bicycle and get a car, they're not going back to the bike. Once the people in India get refrigeration for their refri- for their home, they're not going to say, we don't need refrigeration. And <clears throat> baby boomers are not going to all of a sudden get young. So there are all of these future facts, things that we know. And when it comes to technology, it's growing 
fast, exponentially fast, predictably fast. For example, we're just now getting 5G wireless. Is that it? Or could you tell me what they're going to call the next one? You already know, don't you? 6G. By the way, followed by what? 7G. And when will they come out? Well, in my books and in my systems, which I won't share now because I don't need to get bogged down, but there's actually a way to know exactly when all this stuff happened. So instead of saying, I know everything about the future, no one can. But here's my point. A big list of things I don't know don't empower me. A big list of things I'm uncertain about don't empower me. But a thing, bunch of things I do know, a bunch of things that I am certain about, a bunch of future facts I know will happen. Whoa. So now to answer your question about hard trends and soft, this is based on 37 years of research. All trends fit into one of two categories. They're either a hard trend based on a future fact, meaning it will happen and it cannot be stopped. It will not be stopped. Even if you're Google with all the money in the world or Jeff Bezos and you're the richest man on the planet, you can't stop it. It's going to happen. Now, the good news of a hard trend is it allows you to see change before the change hits, giving you some options. It lets you see problems before you have them. It lets you see disruptions before they disrupt, giving you some options and some choices. The other kind of trend is a soft trend. It's based on an assumption that may or may not happen. Doesn't mean it won't, but it is not a future fact, which is different when it comes to measuring risk as a business person, as an entrepreneur. And because I would rather innovate around something that I know is going to happen rather than something that may or may not happen. By the way, what's the advantage of a soft trend? And that is, you don't like it, you can change it. So I'm giving you a quick example. Um, healthcare costs in the United States have been going up for a long time, higher and higher every year. That's a trend. Is that a hard trend that's unstoppable and it'll just keep going up, 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 up? Or is it a soft trend, don't like it, you can change it? And uh, it's a soft trend. But we have been treating it like a hard trend, so that's why a healthcare reform has been really not giving you a better need or a better outcome. It's been looking at how do we pay for the mess the baby boomers will create as they get older and need more, more help. Uh, but when we start realizing it's a soft trend and we use technologies such as blockchain uh, to create transparency in a healthcare system that has zero transparency and zero trust, you didn't know that aspirin was going to cost $23 in the hospital. If you did, you would have your wife bring it. You didn't know that that knee played by the same company at the same size can vary in price by 400% within, uh, you know, five miles of where you live. You didn't know that step. But what if you did? Would we get more competition? Would we get the price down? And the answer is, well, I sure would. So knowing the difference makes all the difference. And so the two things I'm teaching you here is one, all trends are either hard or soft, future fact or assumption. And the second thing, which I want to make really clear is, a trend by itself is frankly academic, who cares? Yeah, that's right, I said that. Who cares? You know what makes me care? When you tie it to an opportunity. So if you've got a hard trend and you tie it to an opportunity for you or your company, or you've got a soft trend and there's an opportunity to influence it in a positive direction, you have burst it into actionable life. 
amazing stuff here, Daniel. And I'm looking at your your report here about scenario planning because we've touched upon this and how it represents soft trends. There are, as you mentioned, so many facts that we know are inevitable and will come if we just look and count them. Why does it have to be all in soft trends? Why can't the scenario planning be in, we know this and this and this is, is bound to happen. It's, it's unstoppable. Yeah. Well, um, before I came up uh, and started teaching this uh, methodology to companies and getting them to use it uh, because they saw, wow, this is giving us the missing component. Um, scenario planning was one of many ways to plan and is a very popular way to plan. And basically, scenario planning is the future. We don't know anything about the future. All we can do is guess. By the way, they're already wrong. But, you know, it's all unknown. So, therefore, let's come up with five or six different scenarios and have a what we'll do depending on which one of those things happen. And then we'll be ready for the future. Now, I say, good. You did half of the planning. You did the soft trend planning. Actually, if any of those scenarios were based on a future fact, you would only need one scenario. So the reality is you just did the soft trend planning part. You know what you neglected? The hard trend future fact part, which is really unbelievably powerful. You need both. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris. But first... It's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Dear fellow entrepreneurs, you know this. The key to success is finding an edge and leveraging it. And if you're hiring, that edge is Indeed, I-N-D-E-E-D. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own. Then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. That's I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how you like it. Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. You're listening. 
listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Erso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Leveraging Future Facts with Daniel Burris. And at the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Daniel's latest book, The Anticipatory Organization, Turn Disruption and Change into Opportunity and Advantage, is an Amazon number one hot new release for business. And now back to the chat with Daniel. So instead of me coming along and saying, I'm the only guy with good trends, and I do have a trends report that I publish and so on, been doing it since the early 80s. What I'm saying is take anybody's trends. I don't care who they are, Deloitte, McKinsey. Uh, matter of fact, those two companies subscribe to my trend reports. But anyway, if you take anybody's trends, they'll fit into one of those two categories, whichever trend you're looking at. And I don't want to tell people don't do scenario planning. Just do it, but realize you're only doing part of the planning. Is that all you're going to do? You're going to leave all of those opportunities on the plan. You're not even going to look at future facts. So what I've done is come with a holistic way of really planning for the future and coming up with a, a really a powerful way of going forward with it uh, that anybody can do, whether it's a small business, large business. It's amazing. Uh, even for yourself and your own planning, separating what do you know? What are the personal facts for you going forward versus the assumptions, the soft trends that you could change. For example, I'm getting, I'm every year, I'm getting older, I'm getting heavier, and I'm getting weaker. Well, I can't change the older part. That's a hard trend. The other two I could change, those are soft. Getting weaker, getting fatter, well, that's soft. Getting older, eh, yeah, okay, I can't change that. It's a hard trend. You see where I'm going? By the way, if I know fat and uh, out of shape is actually something I could do something about, <laughs> maybe I would tempt to be tempted to do something about that. There is more opportunity now, Tony, than ever on uh, since the planet has been around and you've been on it. And I'm talking to every listener right now because I know there's problems. Oh, my goodness. I mean, part of that article that... Uh, that you uh, are referring to, I talked about the pandemic trend acceleration. And uh, there are over 20 trends that have been accelerated by between five and 10 years in just a short amount of time. A quick example, e-commerce accelerated by 10 years in just a matter of months. Of course, it makes sense. We're all locked down. We had to order online. How about uh, remote working? Well, we all know that one all too well. How about teleeducation and online learning? How about telemedicine? How about the cloud? How I, and again, these are just some. There's a whole bunch of those. So here's what I'm getting at. When you have an acceleration of technology trends that is beyond exponential, beyond doubling, and it did do that, you have an acceleration of opportunities that are equally powerful. Are you too busy looking at the crisis? Are we all too busy putting out fires to notice there's more opportunity for you personally and your business than ever before? That's what being entrepreneurial and that's what is being uh, anticipatory is all about. And that makes an anticipatory leader. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to spend that hour a week. I absolutely love that. 
to separate what you know for sure is going to happen as opposed to the soft trends, and then come up with the one actionable item. That is brilliant advice. Daniel, I, I just want to thank you so much. Once again, for our audience, we talked about leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris, and you can find him at burris.com, B-U-R-R-U-S.com. There is so much information there. And please, I highly recommend get his anticipatory leaders book. I may not have said the right name, but organization is the name of the book. But there's also the learning system. You can go online and find that too at Burris.com. Well, dear audience, anything that says anticipatory on Burris.com, just get it because it's 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 the good <laughs> stuff. That makes it very easy. Okay. I've covered my bases with a hard trend. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Daniel, once again, it was so great to have you on. Just filled my head and I hope all of our audience with good information of what we can do. So we become in charge. It's not like, oh no, more bad news. We now become in charge. The bad news is not as bad anymore. So I love this. I just want to thank you once again for all this. Well, thank you again, Tony. And thank you for the significant your work you're doing. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs. Thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. I'm sure this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to do this interview. We learned some great points about leveraging future facts with Daniel Burris. Early in his life, he knew he was a teacher and that set the stage for him. And he astutely says, the two most important days in someone's life are the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born. He started six companies with five profitable in the first year. That's amazing all by itself. And four of those companies were national leaders in the United States in their first year. Another incredible feat. And for most of his life, his core business is to predict the future and being right. Daniel teaches us in this interview how to do that as well, how to predict the future and be right. This is astounding. He's made over 3,000 keynote speeches with a speech in China of 14,000 people to show the size of audiences he teaches. He's a strategic advisor to some of the largest entities on earth, such as the Pentagon and Google, teaching his methodologies on how to accelerate their growth. He's developed learning systems on how to anticipate rather than react. At the core, once again, he's a teacher and loves to empower people. I know this kind of sounds like a bio, but I'm getting somewhere with this little summary. He drops the shocker on us when he says he doesn't want us to focus on success and living the successful life. I could sense people moving to the edge of their chair on that one. And he goes on to point out that success is all about you, but you should live a significant life. Ponder that one. It's quite a mindset. He goes on to explain that and so much more. I recommend listening to this again and again. So we want to be significators instead. And we should be good at anticipating future events as Daniel so clearly teaches us throughout this interview. You got to listen to this again. I've got so much out of this. I'd love to know what you got out of this and how you're using this information to help you in your business or career. Did this interview give you ideas for your business? It should. Did it stimulate you to take some new action? It should. Would you please share and grab hold of your vision. Decide you're either going to start something great or take it to the next level. You have to decide first. It always starts with the decision. And you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The ebook is at Tony 
D-U-R-S-O.com slash books. I built my world in just a few years. I wrote up the vision map as my guide. You can do it too. Let's help you move on your journey to success. And please consider supporting the show with a nice review. Just go to TonyDURSO.com slash rate, R-A-T-E. Thanks, guys. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 